This is the OK Outcast Podcast, your home for Oklahoma political intrigue and insight. Hey, Brittany, how's it going? It's going fantastically well, Chris. How are you doing this 420? Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> I must have a cough or something. I don't know. <laughs> <coughs> Ooh. Uh, uh, woo! This sunset blush is fantastic. Is that a sativa? It is a uh, hybrid, actually. All right. Yeah, I really enjoy the uh, the hybrids, uh, the sativa. That's daytime. Uh, indica for me is nighttime. A little indica. And, uh, in the couch. <laughs> now, I can speak more frankly about weed because of my day job, and do you know why that is? Why is that, Chris? Well, Brittany, it's because. I work for this awesome organization called Orca, which is like not actually whale? about like the killer whale. Our logo is a killer whale. We don't actually do stuff for killer whales other than, I guess, help the environment a little bit. But uh, what we do is Oklahomans for Responsible Cannabis Action. And we are all about cannabis action. And so on 420, I finally get to debut on our podcast. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about our organization. We've been fighting and we've got some kind of breaking news. Oh, wow. Um, well, I know you had been facing a challenge uh, from Paul Tay, the perennial gadfly who is now in jail facing some serious criminal charges um and he had filed some nonsense kind of attempt to stop your ballot initiative uh the supreme court had been sitting on that though so what's going on there well yesterday um they uh said we're clear to go uh there's a few things that we've got to modify on 819 so we have two bill uh, two state questions sorry two state questions 818 which would enshrine all the medical marijuana marijuana white right Mar marijuana rights cannabis rights there that's easier and cannabis rights for every oklahoman even non-patients with 819 and what that would do is say you can walk into a dispensary pay higher taxes and buy weed and own it legally is that crazy that sounds awesome so um are there like limits on how much a person can buy recreational under it's 818 and 819 uh, an ounce an ounce okay so similar to places like colorado mm-hmm Okay, yeah. so you're looking to get full recreational on the ballot. That's the big news here, and you're doing this, and the Supreme Court of Oklahoma has now let your petition move forward. So when do you get to start collecting signatures? Well, we have to uh, uh, um, remember that the Secretary of State still has to have a 20-day period to... Uh, consider any hearings or 
a bunch of other legal stuff that could still happen at the Supreme Court before they can move forward to give us the final go ahead to collect signatures. So what's really fun if you're ever doing an initiative petition is what you've got to do is know you are throwing yourselves into the depths of bureaucracy. Uh, and it's uh, a difficult process to go through. Uh, it, I, I can't describe it. It, it. That would take an entire podcast. But the good thing is we are on to the next phase. We await the Secretary of State and then we'll see what happens next. So, you know, hopefully in about three weeks or so, you might be able to say you might be moving forward from there. That's what we really hope. because Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes, let's not jinx it, but uh, fingers crossed. I think it would be great for the state of Oklahoma. I mean, who doesn't want to travel to a state where you can just walk into a store and buy some cannabis. Well, and now that it's happened in so many states at this point, like Oklahoma, while being a little bit behind several of the Western states, would kind of get ahead of the curve in like the South Central region here because Texas, the most populated, second most populated state in the country, and the most definitely most populated in the region is still the most backwards on uh, cannabis law. Am I right? Yeah. Um, everybody has been giving it a shot because states are starting to recognize the fiscal impact, the positive fiscal impact that this can have. And it's incredible. I mean, Oklahoma alone in just this past year has raised 65 million and that's not even compounding the indirect impact of marijuana dollars so i mean that's a that's a pretty good chunk of change for a state budget yeah and you know me i'm i drive around a lot and uh, travel the country a good bit and i've traveled a good bit around rural oklahoma in recent months and uh I can attest, I've seen several like storefronts in small towns that are dispensaries for medical patients now, and they seem to be bringing a lot of money into these communities. And, you know, I've towns as small as a thousand people that have, have a dispensary or even two that are, you know, drawing patients and customers. And it's good to see like small local businesses popping back up in small towns uh, particularly that had, you know, seen their downtown areas dwindle in the last several decades. Absolutely. And it, it, it's good for the local community. It's good for the county. It's good for the state. And it's really good for the economy in general. Um, this is a way for people to grow something out of the ground that makes money. Now, obviously, you could argue that, yes, you have to use the water and irrigation and all that. There's pesticide issues. But the growers that we work with 
are proud that they do not use pesticides. They use some natural oils to repel. I mean, they use shotguns to repel the pigs, but. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can't blame uh, them for that. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, uh, and I know perhaps to some of our listeners, that sounds a little brutal, but once the pigs get a taste of weed and these feral hogs, they move in. I mean, uh, don't worry. We do not have an endangered feral hog. No, they're, they're actually an invasive species that are very bad for the environment and everything. So that's why in Oklahoma, it's actually open season on feral hogs and you can shoot them basically anytime, anywhere. Um, and from a helicopter. Even from a helicopter, exactly. <laughs> so anyhow, um, the, the point is, you know, we deal with fracking, we deal with the immediate problem of earthquakes, we deal with the secondary problem of what the fuck are we doing to our drinking water. Um, so the ability to grow something out of the ground that is then extraordinarily profitable. Well, why would you not want to do that in a state that is set up for agriculture? We have an entire state school that's set up for agriculture. We know how to do ag. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, just in the short time that Oklahoma has had medical, which I know you were on the team that helped get that on the ballot, so uh, I know you know what you're talking about here on, on as far as getting this moved forward and getting this to, to the voters at some point. Um, but just in the short time it's been around, I've, I've, seen, I've seen its impact on agriculture in Oklahoma, and it seems like it's been generally positive. I know there have been some of the rural legislators, though, have been complaining. What are... What are some things you've been hearing from some of them? Well, what we're hearing is they're they're hearing from their constituents and any given elected official is going to listen to their constituents because they have to. Sure. Because if you want to get reelected, complete aside here. Again, I'm a high and I can say that. Well, I'm medicated. I have my license. (laughs) Um, but, uh, there are a lot of legislators that privately agree with it, but can't publicly say so. And so the big complaint is that, uh, the biggest one I've, I've heard on the floor debates is how do I, explain to my kids when I drive to church what that smell is. Uh, And keep in mind, they're driving by cattle ranches, which Brittany, as you (laughs) know, and not just cattle ranches, which they smell a little bit, but like high density feedlots <laughs> those really smell <laughs> if you've been out in western oklahoma or the panhandle ooh, you know when you're near one of those <laughs> uh, yeah don't want to be on the south side of the wind on that one 
Uh, no, sirree. No, no, no. <laughs> well, uh, but I think switching back to the good news. So 818 and 819, if you see them out there, please sign it. Uh, if we push initiative petitions, they're hard enough to get out into circulation. It's going to be hard to get signatures. If you uh, happen to be a dispensary that's listening, please put the uh, signature collection sheets in your shop. And uh, will, will they be able to find those somewhere in a in a few weeks to a month or so when you potentially get moved forward? Um, what we'll have to do is talk to them directly because there's a lot of different requirements uh, for you to circulate. Sure. So, well, where um, where should they start following Orca then? Where will they find updates? Uh, OrcaOK.org. OrcaOK.org. So that's O-R-C-A-OK.org. And do you all have a social media presence? Uh, yes, we have a Facebook page and you can just look up Orca Oklahoma. And I believe you have um, uh, a colleague you're working with on these initiatives and he gives some legislative updates on that page as well. Am I correct? He does. And uh, we, we usually try to get them out uh, every Monday. That's our goal. It doesn't always happen, but it's a Facebook Live. And you can always find the uh, videos later if it, your, the timing doesn't work well. But our goal is always 10 a.m. That seems to work the best for our audience. So, um, yeah. Okay. Thank you for the plug. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I want but, to make yeah. sure that people know where to find information here and that they can follow this uh, exciting news because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to be happy to support uh, cannabis freedom in Oklahoma and would love to help make that happen. Well, when you go to orcaok.org or .com, sorry, I said .org. We also have the .org, but yeah, go to orcaok.com. OrcaOK.com, OrcaOK.com, and click the donate button, please, and check it out. We're going to have a credit card option soon. You may wonder why the fuck we don't have a credit card option. Well, even though we are a completely legitimate organization, because we mentioned cannabis, uh, the banks won't touch us. We had to work very hard to find a bank that would do business with us. Um, I would give a plug to that bank, but eh, I don't think it's wise. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because it's it's all because your, your Orca name actually has cannabis in the name. And so they're scared that, you know, uh, a federal regulator might get the wrong idea or something. Um, yes, uh, but I, I I will say for anybody that may be in our listening audience that's a 
you know, you want to grow cannabis or you want to start a business, um, <clears throat> look to your local banks and they're going to treat you better. Because if you go to the national banks, they will not. Uh, well, they so just have so much more if, federal eyes on them that they have to be uber careful. Yes, uh, they do. And uh, it, yeah, it's it, it's all a liability thing, right? Yeah. Well, as long as as long as cannabis remains in Schedule One of the Food and Drug Act, uh, that you know makes it a Schedule One illegal substance, um, federally that still exists, and because of that, you know, any bank that does business with a cannabis business is potentially you know running afoul of interstate banking laws, and that's a big deal, and. They don't want to go to jail or risk losing their ability to be a bank. So, you know, they're going to be really careful on that, which actually leads to some other kind of mixed news. Um, but something positive is at the federal level, a week or so ago, uh, the U.S. House passed the MORE Act, which would remove cannabis from Schedule 1 uh, and uh, would also provide a route for automatic expungements uh, for any people who have mere marijuana possession-related charges around the country uh, at the federal level. So um, it did pass the U.S. House in a, in a bipartisan vote, um, but it does not look like it has the votes maybe right now in the Senate, but I do believe the U.S. Senate was set to hear hear it in committee this week. So um, I'm, I'm hearing it's there's not much hope for it, but it's the, it has made it. <laughs> it, it well, hey, uh, so many things pass one chamber and can't do another, both at the federal and state level in all states. Um, you think Manchin is going to uh, block it as he always does? Well, I I haven't heard specifics on who the folks uh, most upholding it are, but it seems that um, there's just... I think it probably has something to do with the age of our U.S. senators and how many of them have been there um, through so much of the drug war. And, like, they just can't get out of their mind that, you know, marijuana equals bad <laughs> and something scary to be uh, getting out in front of. Even though I'm looking at a map right now of the... 38 now 39 states that have some form of either decriminalization medical or full legalization and there remain only 11 states now that it marijuana is fully illegal in texas being one of those um so You look at the popularity of marijuana, cannabis, whatever, weed, whatever you want to call it, I don't care. And you'd think it would definitively influence elections. 
However, if you look deeper in the data uh, during 788, which is most the 788 oh, was the state question that uh, legalized medical in Oklahoma. I'm sorry, I speak in numbers when it comes to this. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Brittany. Um, so during 788, um, the election part, uh, you know, we, we really had an array of messaging. Uh, and what our secret was, was if a group comes in and say, says, I, I don't know, we, we want to have a festival at our hometown and we want to run around a maypole and you do something weird. Cool. Y'all do that. Uh, and we encourage that in our coalition of folks now. You want to have a fish fry, you want to have a barbecue, you want to have a, a you know, who can bake the best pie contest? Bring it on. Like, so if because I'm... if you let people do things. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, so if I'm hearing. No, 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 no. Uh, that... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm hearing yeah. you correctly, you're saying. <laughs> let the grassroots lead the organization rather than having a top down. This is how we're going to do this. Yeah. We always looked at it as now we've got the, you know, the, the, the top level sort of seeing where everybody's at kind of a deal, but any consultant that thinks they are greater than the grassroots, roosegrats, uh, again, people, I am medicated. Uh, so um, yes, any people that do this professionally that think, oh yeah, these activists are idiots. Now they're frustrating sometimes, I will fully admit that, but you cannot do it without them. You can't, uh, we can't do this without you guys. Everybody thinks different. So, you know, hopefully if you're listening to this at this point, you're probably pro marijuana or just listening because you're curious. But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, well, going back to looking at this map of legalization and like, Oh man, Oklahoma is just primed to make so much money if they were to go full legal. Because, <laughs> like, the only states touching Texas that are full legal are New Mexico and Colorado, which, while they neighbor Texas, they neighbor the far west side of Texas, which is not where the population centers are. And, like, the Dallas Fort Worth area alone has twice as many people as the entire state of Oklahoma. Like, if Oklahoma goes full recreational before Texas even has medical, you're going to have people coming over the border, going to Ardmore, going to Warica, going to Durant, you know, going to Idabel. Like, these towns along the southern border of Oklahoma will be raking in the money. I completely agree. Uh, just... I-35 corridor all the way up the way. Oh, you'll, you know you're Thackerville. Have choices. <laughs> right. 
Well, yeah, and if and if you want to go further north um, and head to OKC, then you know you get all the attractions of Bricktown, a choice of dispensaries that is just immense. That you or, can that you can and, walk to or take the streetcar to. Like, wow, you know, what an opportunity for Oklahoma City to become a, a great place for Texans to go hang out. Yeah. You go to the racetrack, bet the ponies. Uh, never bet the morning line odds, people. <laughs> take it from a take it from a pro. I used to work at a horse track. Um but uh, yeah, uh, you want to go bet, you want to go drink. You want to go to church? Well, that's real easy. Walk a block. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got it all. Um, you want a conservative church? You want a super liberal church? You want something in between? Oklahoma City has you covered. <laughs> yes. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, soon-to-be former representative... Colin Walkie, unfortunately, uh, his wife, Rev Walkie, runs. I don't know. Are the Unitarians more liberal, or is Mayflower more liberal? What do you think? Yeah, um, they're different. They're both. They're both pretty liberal. They're just slightly different in how they approach it. But yeah, I think they're both about equal. Gotcha. Separate but equal. Oh, okay. okay. No, no, <laughs> not that. Not cut that. that. Cut, cut that. that. Cut that. Oh goodness. <laughs> but yeah. Well, this is That'll you get... know this is great news on four twenty of all days to to be recording this and to to share this good news uh, with our listeners and. Uh, that's awesome, Chris. I'm glad you guys are getting to move forward finally. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. And if I could end with a legislative joke, I think that would be pertinent to you. All right, let's hear yes. it. Okay. It's a real thing that happened in the Oklahoma legislature, a particular I'm not going to name on floor debate was trying to debate against trans issues. And he said, well, there's a difference between a male orgasm and a female orgasm. He's <laughs> clearly trying to say organism. And uh, this particular Oh, come on, you can name names. This is public record. If anybody wanted to go look up the No, name, no, no I, um, I, I have... Uh, yes, and they can, and I encourage them. <laughs> but uh, yes, but the um, senator was correct. Oh, shoot, I revealed too much. Uh, there is a difference <laughs> between a female orgasm and a male orgasm, um, but I don't think he really knows what that difference is would he so, even know uh, a female orgasm if he ran across one come on <laughs> <laughs> so you're just assuming this is a he <laughs> you said he. you said, said he a minute ago oh okay okay counselor <laughs> 
and plus, come on, that's don't, that's don't go into... let's let's be real. That's just such a dude move to go on the floor saying there's a difference between male orgasms and female orgasms. Total dude move. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Inconceivable. <laughs> I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> and on that bombshell, oh. folks, I think uh, we probably ought to wrap this episode up. Uh, this has been a fun cannabis discussion for 420 Week. Um, Chris, what was that website again? That's orcaok.com. Check it out and click that donate button. All right, folks. Uh, Chris, glad to hear from you today. Thanks for the awesome update. And uh, we'll be back with you all next week. It's always good to hear from you, Moonrocks. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.